0: Financial education has to start in the home. As our children's first financial teachers, we should have the right knowledge, skills, and tools to build the foundation for our child's financial education. For decades, money has been a taboo topic in the home that just isn't talked about around the kitchen table. Well, today, my guest, Rocky Lalvani, joins me to break down this taboo once and for all. Rocky is the host of the Richer Soul podcast and Profit Answer Man, and today he's going to demonstrate why teaching our kids early about money and wealth building is one of the greatest investments and legacies any parent can create. My conversation with Rocky starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who wanna make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall. I'm your host and founder of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Today, we're diving into creating positive money mindsets. Such an important tool, important skill for fathers to have. If you want to be a dad making a difference in your family, you need to be able to have a positive money mindset and create and craft positive money mindsets in your children. Well, how do we do that? How do we... and I should stop saying we and start saying I, because I think I have to be very reflective on this. How do I stop looping through these money mindsets that I've created in my own head based on the experiences I've had, whether you've had money or you haven't had money, you want money or you don't want money, you think money's good or you think money's bad. That's all that is going to impact how your children have a relationship with money and wealth building. And there's no one listening to this right now who has kids who doesn't want their kids wealth building, to be wealthy, to not have to worry and stress about finances. Of course, we don't. We want our family to be healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually, and also financially. And so my guest today is Rocky Lavani. Rocky is a profit first specialist, and he specializes in helping small businesses maximize their business profits. But he's also passionate about educating men and families about creating positive money mindsets. Rocky is going to explain in our conversation today why a lot of people feel like they're struggling financially and really why they are struggling financially. He's going to explain how being present and intentional on money matters with your kids is going to make a huge impact. He's going to outline the biggest problem that we are facing right now when it comes to money. And it's not the lack of it. That is not the problem. And he's going to help you create money stories to examine in your family that you as adults can use if you want to improve your relationship with money and your children's relationship with money. And then, of course, he's going to give you quick tips and outline exact steps that you're going to take right now to start creating a healthy financial feeling and relationship in your home. I'm excited for this conversation. I found Uh, so much value out of this conversation with Rocky. I've already listened to this recording multiple times and taken notes. I appreciate Rocky's being here today. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Rocky Lovani. Rocky, it's good to see you. Welcome to the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. Glad to have you on. Happy to be here, Cam. Thank you so much for having me today. You know, Rocky, to have you here... It's a pleasure because I had an opportunity meeting you, I think it was about a year and a half ago, we connected for the first time through a mastermind that we're part of. And anytime something comes up where I have a question to the group, to the brotherhood of... (laughs) Finance and moving forward, whether it's in personal or in business, they say, "Hey, we'll have you talk to Rocky." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm glad to have you on today, so we can dive into really financial growth when it comes to being a dad, being a father, and some of the guys who are listening to this are business owners. And so, why don't we start? Just give us a little bit of your background, who you are, um, kind of how you grew up, and what got you interested in what you do now just helping people and
1: businesses with their finance so i am a husband my wife and i have been married i think it's 27 years now my kids are a bit older they are 22 and 20 okay. uh one is out of the house early and graduated and in married the other uh the 20 year old is going to graduate um this spring and he's already got his job so th- kids are essentially launched we're empty nesters figuring out our next uh steps i i'm an immigrant to the us i came here when i was a little kid and when we immigrated my parents didn't have a lot of money uh to start over and that was just cuz of the way things went from india but over time they they had success and i think the biggest thing that i learned as a kid was finances because mm-hmm the adults would all talk about money, which I just assumed was normal. I didn't realize how few people talk about money. And I think that's why so many people struggle. So for me as a kid, like I was like, I want to be a millionaire. So all I did was, you know, read, learn, try and figure out the systems. And I slowly and methodically did that. And I built my wealth um, over time. We were very intentional with our kids because we're like, there's always this balance of, and this is what we learned even growing up. Mm-hmm. It, if you give your kids everything, you'll spoil them and they'll blow your money. So it's that balance of making sure you do it correctly so that they can have a nice life. They can have help, but they're not kind of overburdened with that. And so we spent a lot of time doing that as well. And, and then a lot of my time was just spent early on just helping people with personal finance. And then at some point I got this aha and I didn't realize business owners didn't look at their finances. I'm like, how do you run a business and not look at your finances? That's crazy. Yeah. And so I kind of switched gears and and now what I do full-time is, is I work with business owners. I help them understand the finances of their business and how to make Better and wiser decisions. That's excellent. Uh, you mentioned
0: something that stood out to me. You lots of things that stood out to me, but that your family talked about money in the home, and we've had that conversation come up before on this podcast. Whether guys were talking about finance or talking about a background that they had where that didn't happen, and how somehow this conversation about money in the home was taboo. The kids didn't hear it. It was done behind closed doors. So. Does that create confusion and frustration about money
1: in the home? If that that's a conversation that's not done in the open? Here's the bottom line. I have an MBA. I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. They don't teach you money in school. Mm. So if you're not learning money in school and you're not learning money at home and you spend the first 21 years of your life going to get educated so you can get a job and make money, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about it. How absurd is this? Yeah, no one's like, teaching you how, how to make money, save money, use money. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is absolutely absurd. And I think that's the biggest problem people face is that they aren't talking about it, that there are all of these um, taboos around it. And here's the thing. If you're facing these taboos, your behavior is going to follow that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you think subconsciously is what you do. So if you think that money is bad, well, then you, you won't go after it. You won't want it. If you get it, you'll get rid of it. And you'll always struggle financially. If you think living in debt is normal, you'll go into debt without thought and get yourself in trouble.
0: When does confusion or frustration about money set in? When you started, you said you were helping individuals with their finance, and then you moved into a point later in life you're focusing on businesses. When you were working with individuals, and there's a lot of individual guys listening to this right now, when did you see that that confusion or focus or frustration around money start to, to set
1: in where like, I don't know what's going on? So I think money stories start when you were a very young kid, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If you think about it and you ask yourself, what are your first memories of money? What were, What was money like in your home? How did you, you know, learn about money? Those things are still rattling around in the back of your mind. Oh, money doesn't grow on trees. You, you we can't buy that. We can't afford that. We don't deserve that. Um, oh, those people stepped on somebody to get money. All of that is happening in the background when we are children. And if you haven't examined those thoughts and if you haven't worked on them, then as an adult, you're just naturally doing that it's going around in the back of your mind unconsciously to you
0: and sometimes consciously you hear you hear comments like well i never had money growing up so or i just don't know how to make money it just it doesn't come easy to me or where so right. where where do these money mindsets set in because i know that one of the things i wanted to chat with you about today and bring up was developing money mindsets when we start doing it some Implementation tasks or rules to have, but just in conversations about money. So, can we dive into money mindsets for a second? How do we begin to yeah. develop positive
1: money mindsets in the home? So, I think to begin with, you have to ask yourself, what are your money mindsets? How do you think about money? You know, if if I ask you the simple question, money is, what are you going to fill in in that blank? Right, and you'll be surprised at the answers. And once you start to do that, now you can ask yourself, is it true? And then you can start to say, well, what do I want money to be, right? If you think money is going to buy you happiness, good luck. Um, It's not. That's the reality of it. At the end of the day, money is a tool. You have to learn to use your tools. If I try and use a hammer to screw in a screw, it ain't going to work. Right. Right? right. And and that's where I think people struggle. We've not been taught to use money as a tool. There's too much um, hype around money and excitement. Like, it's funny at the one set, we all want to be wealthy and then we hate wealthy people. Like, how do you live with that dichotomy? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I think the first part is just understanding what your views are, challenging those views, just like any other scripts that are going on in your mind of, are you worthy or you're not worthy or you're not good enough? And and just challenging them all, re-questioning them and over time, slowly making steps towards the betterment.
0: You know, one of the things that I've heard or seen, and honestly, I, I've experienced this too, in my own relationship with my wife, you know, we got married, we're going on 12 years now. We're not quite in the stage of life that you are. Kids are young, eight and 10. But I, when we got married, we had very different money mindsets. There were some similarities in our background, but different ways that money was spoken about or dealt with or managed in the home. Um, why is that so important to understand or acknowledge when you're getting married?
1: Well, I think part of it is if your spouse is coming from a totally different viewpoint, then you're going to constantly battle because you're looking at the same thing through a totally different lens. Mm. And so understanding that, you know, for a lot of women, it's just about security. Yeah. You know, as long as there's 10 or 20 or 30 K in the bank, I feel secure. I just want to know that, that things are okay, that I can, I can pay for, it depends where you are, right? For some women, it's, can I put food on the table this week? Mm -hmm. Can I buy the kids clothes? Right. Or is that a problem? And then, again, your wife has to examine their money scripts. And the two of you have to come up with, hey, this is how we want to behave together. Because otherwise, you're constantly fighting. I, When I was younger, it was just amazing to me where one spouse would go out and buy something stupid. And the other spouse would retaliate by buying something, something stupid. stupid. And then the third, you know, the other spouse, like you you both were doing stupid. And the next thing you know, you're in 20 grand in debt because it's stupid because you're not talking to each other. You're arguing with each other. Mm -hmm. So I think it's acknowledging you you can't judge their scripts, right? This is what the way they're programmed. And so just being honest and having honest conversations this is the way I feel about money. How do you feel about money? Is yeah. this the way we want to feel about money going forward? Yeah, it's it's
0: interesting. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be open and transparent. I always am on this podcast, and Kim and I struggled for a long time with that. Um, maybe it was that money mindset piece of we don't talk about money in the home. And then one day it was like, why don't we talk about money at home? This is even before, you know, we didn't have a lot of time before Maya was born. You know, Maya was born a year and a bit into our marriage. But even when we first got married, you know, we had our own bank accounts and it was just like, okay, and then we'll just pool our money at the end and we'll just pay the bills. And that went on for, you know, five or six years where it's like, Kim had her accounts. I had my accounts. She would give this, she'd put in this percentage out of her. And it just became this mess of not really knowing where the money went. And I know that you, you are like very adamant about give every dollar a job. And if you don't know where the money's going, or you don't know where the money's coming from, and you have different accounts, and it's all over the place, you don't know that. So can you talk to giving every money a job, I every dollar a job? I know that's basic. But I think it's always very important to, to understand.
1: I, I think the biggest thing that happens is we live in a consumerism society. Hmm. Buy, 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 spend, spend, spend. It's only X. It's only this. And, and we start mindlessly spending. And I think that's the bigger problem. We, we spend money on things that don't even bring us joy. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about one spouse having a closet full of stuff that has never been touched still with price tags on it. Right. We, we do. So it's called retail therapy, right? We buy something to make ourselves feel better. That's not going to, that's not being intentional with money. So we don't tell you to live cheap. What we tell you is understand what are the things that you guys love doing? So if you come together and say, we want to travel, okay, we're going to give our, Travel budget some money and we're going to spend that. But if we're going to spend money on travel, what don't we care about? Hmm. Maybe you don't care about a fancy car. Maybe you don't care about a big house. Maybe you don't care about, you know, if you look at your bills, how many things and services have you signed up for? If you're not using and watching them, cancel it all. I think right. it's just about being intentional and then also being intentional with savings. We're all going to face Bad times, right? We're all going to face so-called emergencies. Most emergencies are BS, right? Mm. Tell me about oh, that. I had to get I had to get new new tires for my car. I didn't expect that. Really, your tires had fifty thousand miles on them. They were bald. You didn't expect. Oh, that. the heat broke. I didn't expect that. Well, the heater was twenty two years old. Yeah. When you bought your house, the guy told you it's fifteen years old. It's going to go, right? Right. You know when the roof is going to go 30 years before the roof goes. So if you're not setting money aside, these aren't emergencies. These are just mm. normal things. Yeah. Are we going to have a health crisis? Yeah, we're going to go to the hospital one day for something. A kid's going to break a bone, right? That's life. So be prepared for those types of things. Mm. Have a little bit of access. When you have margin, life is good. When you don't have margin, you fight. And I think that's the thing. Financial stress in the home causes a lot, a lot of fights. So sit down and say, hey, if if we have X amount of money, where do we want our money to flow? Where is it going to bring us the most joy? And then send it out to do that with intention and don't waste it.
0: Yeah. You mentioned you know money in the home could bring some... You know, negative feelings, negative conversations, sometimes even resentment in the home when a conversation comes up about money. Um, What do you suggest, you know, couples do, guys do to keep a relationship strong through conversations about money?
1: So, believe it or not, a a lot of couples have money dates. Hmm. Like they set aside time once, twice a month to sit down review the finances and to have conversations without judgment and to understand and listen to what the other person is saying and not to judge it but just to to understand it and you also have to realize and this is what other people don't talk about two people get married if you look at their parents background what does that look like financially? How how involved are the parents? How much are they interfering? What are the expectations from the parents to the kids as well? Right. And I'm talking about us as grown adults.
0: Yeah, right. You know, when it comes to your spouse, you know, you gotta keep the wife happy. <laughs> you know, there is part of that too.
1: <laughs> there is, you do. But, I and I think these are where the conversations happen. Okay. What is it that's actually going to make you happy? Because you bought all that stuff and it's still sitting there untouched. Yeah. Clearly that didn't make you happy. So Mm -hmm. let's not do that. What will make you happy? Let's do that. So now let's say you've sat with your
0: spouse, you're doing the money dates and and, and things are going well. You have a picture for what you want every dollar to do. You're automatically saving like these things are in place. And then you have your kids and, you know, your kids are you know, in their 20s. My kids are not. My kids are eight and ten. And you start to have conversations even earlier than that, five, six years old in the home about money, practices around money. How do we start to teach our kids about money and have conversations about money that start to
1: build positive money mindsets? So my question is very simple. If I gave you a book on golf and you read it, how good a golfer do you think you'd be? Oh, not good until you practiced quite a bit. (laughs) Not good till you practice quite a bit, right? Same thing happens with money, right? So essentially, you know, if you want a kid to learn golf, you're going to hand them a club and a ball, right? You want kids to learn about money. You got to hand them money. Mm.
0: So- you you know, some guys will challenge, oh no, my kids gotta earn money.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Now your kids gotta earn money. Now you're fighting over earning money all the time. What right. money mindset are you creating? Hmm. I'm not telling you they shouldn't earn money. What I'm telling you is a certain base has to be handed to them so they can start to learn to use money. Now, this isn't like And everyone's going to argue this. Everyone's got to do it. what's best for you. But let's just say you start with, hey, I'm going to hand my kids a couple bucks a week and they're going to be in charge of money. Now, when we go to Target and they want a candy bar, it's no longer, mommy, I want a candy bar. It's like, son, you have money. If you'd like to buy it, buy it. And then you start to have conversations about. You know, what does a candy bar at the checkout look like versus a candy bar at the back of the supermarket versus a candy bar in a bag at Costco, right? Because each of those have different, like, let's calculate, can you and your your sister or brother pull money and you go buy your favorite candy at Costco for 10 cents on the dollar instead of, you know, full price at the convenience store mm. and double price. But now you're no longer handing them money. Now they're making choices. Now, the kid comes to you and says, I want a big X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, how are you going to earn extra money to be able to do that? Let's show you some ways of doing that. Mm. Maybe it's chores, you know, at five, six, seven, eight, it's chores around the house. Nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe it's showing them, hey, let's go to a yard sale. Yeah you go up and you negotiate and you buy some of this stuff that you think has value for another kid and then you go sell it to another kid hmm. for twice as much money and now you now you're starting to make a buck or maybe you buy something and you put a little effort into fixing it or repairing it or or doing something i mean th- today even on the internet like what can you do to to earn a few extra dollars so now we're not creating negative money mindsets, but we're also showing them expansive. If you want more, here's how you get more than what you just have. Mm-hmm. And here are some ways to do it. And that also creates mother-father bonding time with the kids because you're working together to do something. And you know they appreciate it because you're helping them achieve their goals instead of demanding what your goals are on.
0: And I love that you said it's mother, father, and kids working together, because sometimes that conversation will be, we can't afford that. We don't have money for that. Instead of, that's a good idea, let's work towards that, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, let's you want to go here? Let's work towards that.
1: And I think that's a big thing, is teaching them how to work towards that. There's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, it, it, and, and again, a lot of this depends on where you live, what the opportunities are and what they right. can do. I right. mean, when we were kids, we would sell greeting cards door to door, right? That's what we did. That, you know, there's always a way to make a buck, whether it's buying the bag of Costco uh, candy at Costco yeah. and selling it out of your locker at school, right? Or, or something else.
0: Yeah, I love my, my kids have seen opportunity in our environment it snows lots here so my son will be Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna go shovel walks and it's kind of funny to see because we he's always been a kid of service i can see that in his heart he loves to help people he's always been a helper wants to do things and he went outside and he he comes back and he's like i shoveled and he named he's naming all the neighbors i shoveled all their walks and that's great man how did you how much money did you earn oh i just did it Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD Brothers in the DMD Mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now let's get back to our show. Hey,
1: and that's nice. There's nothing wrong. Did they know that he did it? No, oh, he just he just
0: went. He did it and he left. And I'm, okay, so then I got to the point where he was uncomfortable asking. So I got to go over, and we know the neighbors well, and and he shovelled and then said Braylon has a question for you. You know, and so he now he's set up a program with the neighbors that they pay him
1: monthly and he'll do it. So it's good. Well, and, and it's so a you're teaching the kid to talk to an adult. You're teaching skills yeah. far beyond. But it's hey, before you shovel their walk, go up and knock on the door knock on the and door. say, would you like me to yeah. shovel your yeah. walk and, and come up with a price? Now, at the same point, you can say, OK, there's five neighbors here. One of them is an elderly woman living on a fixed income. Yeah. Well, why don't you go to the other four and say, hey, can I shovel your walk? By the way, I'd like to shovel her walk. Would you pitch in to help out? And, and I'll take care of her, too.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. I love that. And so
1: you, you got to be outside the box and you got to teach values and you have to teach giving back. I don't have a problem with you got to teach kids how to give, too.
0: Yeah. I, and I agree. It's just, it's so funny to see them work through that. Right. And I wondered where that came from. I wondered, I asked Braylon, I was like, are you nervous about asking to earn money? Or are you nervous about just talking to the adult at the door? And I was waiting to see where that went. He said, like, no, I'm just nervous to knock on the door. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That changes. Cause then once the door is open, he's talking at like a mile a minute. The same with thing, my kids have this thing called the Pooh patrol. Paw, P-A-W, Poo Patrol, because when it snows and then it melts and everybody's let their dog in the backyard, now it's melt, there's a whole bunch of mess and nobody really likes to clean that up. So my kids do the Poo Patrol and they yeah. go around, and they do that. And it's just this idea of it's okay to go out there, earn money, negotiate a price. And mm-hmm. like you said, also serve people when you can serve people. Um, I've, that kind of leads me to a, sh- a short question here. I mentioned to you when we did a, a pre-call, you know, my my kids have jars, give, save, spend jars. Mm-hmm. Um, what other practices, you know, have you seen that have worked for families to start to create positive
1: mindsets about money? You know, and the jar system is one of them. We we essentially use the same thing. We used an envelope system instead of a jar system. Yeah. And so the big thing is to save. And I think people put too small a percentage to save. Mm-hmm. So we told our kids, you know, they had an allowance in mean, six, seven, eight bucks a week. It's like, OK, a dollar goes to give and then what's left gets split 50-50 save spend. Mm-hmm. And, and the save is not for the short term. The save is for a time beyond your comprehension, mm-hmm. like beyond a car, beyond car. Co- we just taught them to think decades in advance, Hmm. Um so I think that's a big give save spend that that three system works really really well. Um with the saving side then comes teaching investing. Yeah, and that's you, you invest, that. right? How do you teach investing? How do you show them how to make it grow? And a lot of parents will even say, "Okay, you start saving and what I'm going to do is for everything you save, we're actually going to bonus you on top of that." so that you help boost their savings. And you'd be shocked at how fast money grows for kids. I mean, you know, for us adults, it's not a ton, but for the kids, it's rapidly, rapidly growing. And when they have their own spend, it's like, hey, if you want to buy something, buy something, like, why are you bugging me? Right, right. You know, now they learn to negotiate. (laughs) Yeah, I started paying
0: my kids interest on their savings. Mm -hmm. You know, so every month, if they have... Like here's your savings. Here's what you've had. It stays there. This is what you earn by just keeping it there. And And
1: you can open up a bank account and go to the bank and show them how banks work and then show them how investment work.
0: Yeah. Excellent. You know, you had a a story about, you know, the penny doubling story, right. That, that, to show that power of compounding, would you mind sharing that because I think there's a couple of guys on here who might have not have heard that before. (laughs)
1: So, you know, it's it's all a question of how you want to tell the story and how you want to do the story. But at the end of the day, it's about a power. It's about the power of a penny doubling. And since we're kind of talking with kids, let's talk about kids. Right. So Jeannie comes and Jeannie says to you, I'm granting you this wish. Right. I'm going to I'm going to give you money and I'm going to give you money in one of two ways. Right, Either I'm going to give you a penny today and every day for the next 32 days, I'll double it and give you more. So on day one, I'll give you one cent. On day two, I'll give you two cents. On day three, I'll give you four cents. On day four, I'll give you eight cents. Or I'll give you $100,000 a day for 32 days. Hmm. Which one do you want? Yeah. Right? And Everyone intuitively says, okay, I want the penny doubling, but they don't know how much it is. Yeah. And the reality is the penny doubling adds up to um, $22 million roughly wow. over time. Um, and, and that's the key. And if you compound it and own it, because yeah, if you actually do it where it's not just doubling, but every day you're getting the double plus the original, it turns into about $43 million. Wow. But here's the thing, and this is what people don't realize. The, the majority of that money comes in the last couple of days. So let's just say you have $22 million mm-hmm. on day 32. On day 31, you had 11 million.
0: Mm.
1: On day 30, you had five and a half million on day twenty nine, you had twenty seven and a half million. So the key here is if you give up days one through five with the little bits of pennies, you're not going to get to day thirty two. You're literally going to give up twenty million dollars because you didn't start because you didn't begin at the beginning. And that's what I think people don't understand that the 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 cost of delaying, starting, Mm. is the end part. And that's where the biggest things are. Now, look, no genie's coming to you and doing this, right? Yeah. I understand that. But let's just say you're 22 years old and you delay from 22 to 27 or 29. You've essentially given up your last double. Mm. So if you calculated it out and said, okay, when I retire at 65, I'm going to have a million dollars. Well, you actually gave up a million because you could have had that last double. Right. It could have been two million. And that's the reality of it. So, starting saving early is extremely important. Um, And then, just creating that habit and consistently doing it without thinking and just automating it is how that works. Because life is going to happen, right? Right. We're going to get busy. We're going to have kids. We're going to get married. The school bills are going to come. This bill is going to come. But if in the background your money is constantly being automatically saved and invested, And you're growing the amount as you grow in income. So it's not a set dollar amount. Mm -hmm. It's not that, okay, I do $100. Maybe I do 10% of my income. Mm. And maybe next year I do 11% of my income. and the following year, 12% of my income. Well, two things are happening. Your saving percentage is going up. And if your income is going up, then you're automatically putting more and more money away. Right, right.
0: You mentioned something there, education costs. I just want to talk about that real quick because, you know, my background in education, you and I both have, you know, multiple university college degrees. We've gone to them, but talk about university in schooling and college, because I know you have. Yeah. We, 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 we view this very similarly.
1: Honestly, I, I, in today's world, I think college is a joke. Hmm. Um, I don't think your kids are gonna learn very much. Now, people say, oh, it was an experience. Okay, I'll agree with you, it is a learning experience. Mm -hmm. But at $50,000 a year, $200,000, that's a hell of an experience, right? I would much rather hand a kid $200,000 and say, start a business, than than to say, spend $200,000 to get a degree in how to run a business Mm -hmm. And none of them even know how, right? Because if they did, they wouldn't be in college. Because they read it through a book and didn't get the practice. Yeah, they would have, they would have written a book and they'd be millionaires or they'd be faking it and standing in front of jets and fancy cars. Yeah. Here's the bottom line. Today, education is available everywhere. You can Mm -hmm. take free courses from Harvard and Yale on the internet. You can get the information. The piece of paper is only valuable in certain areas. So people say, well, you can't be a doctor without getting a medical degree. I agree with you. You cannot be a doctor without be, getting a medical degree. But if you want to help people be healthy, doctor isn't going to do that. Doctors help sick people. They don't mm-hmm. actually help people to be healthy and spend time focusing on how to be super healthy. They spend time on how to solve your Problems with pills. Hmm. Yeah. You know, engineering, yeah, you need to degree. Computer science, you don't need to agree You need to learn how to code. There's so many coding camps. Your kids can get out of school and do that. Now, I will admit, my kids did go to college. Um, I did my best to say, are you sure you really want to do this? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, we told them we would never pay for Ivy League. Hmm. Um, my son is graduating at 20 with an engineering degree, he took a bunch of courses in high school so that he could get through the system faster. He is coming out with a very high paying job, but he was very intentional in how to do that. My daughter got a ton of scholarships. They were very intentional in picking schools based on value and what they wanted to do, learn, and experience. And so it's more than just, hey, they've got a great basketball team or Hey, that looks like a, a fun campus. Like yeah. you really have to put a lot of thought and intention. And, you know, 200,000 is probably cheap these days for college. Yeah. Um, Depending on where you're going. And like, I see people, my son's at a state school and there's people coming in from out of state to go to this school. I'm like, why? Like, why are you paying overpriced tuition to be here? Like, I just don't get it. Most yeah. of the stuff he had to learn, he learned on his own, not because of college. Yeah. You learn how to grow up and do these things. And I, I think the future of college is changing. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a whole lot of change coming on. I had the uh, the chancellor of Minerva University on my my podcast, and he is an Ivy League graduate. And he's like, yeah, Ivy Leagues don't teach you how to learn. They don't like it's not the purpose of what they're doing. They're creating a whole different kind of learning environment, a whole different kind of college, a whole different kind of experience. The world has changed. School hasn't. Hmm. And that's the problem. And that like the biggest thing that's happening right now, schools are all freaking out because kids can get on the internet, use chat GBT. Yeah. AI is amazing. AI, hand in their homework. Um, The other one is Chegg. Like you can go on Chegg, pull your math homework, and and turn it in. Like kids aren't doing the work anymore; they're copying the information and turning it in because it's so useless.
0: Mm, because it it's and if you don't know your
1: kids are doing that, first of all, there's one thing: if your kid's not doing that, then it's foolish of him not to do that. Yeah. Right. So now you have this whole dilemma. Then what are you wasting your day with? Yeah. I
0: actually, it's interesting because, you know, Rocky, my I'm a vice principal of a high school. And so when someone brought up chat GPT it was a couple of weeks before the holiday break, you know, in a situation where some people were just like, What? How do we? And I think there's a handful, one or maybe one or two, who said, How do we stop kids from using this? <laughs> I'm like, how are you gonna stop kids from using the internet? Like, that's the, the same thing here. AI is incredible and opens up a just all these opportunities and we had one teacher who uh teaches at the 30 level grade 12 english university prep high academic class and she looked at it like this is incredible let's dive in let's look at this through the lens of so how do we use it to be more efficient how do we use it so that we can start being um, more in tune with what's machine generator versus human felt and human like human literature it was really really cool to see but if you're not like if you are listening to this and you're like what is what are cam and rocky talking about with ai and chat gpt you need to go check this out <laughs> a, a, the ai technology i think in the next 12 months is going to be incredible
1: it, it is the world is changing rap and so this is the same thing when my son was in high school he was on a robotics team mm-hmm. and so He'd be like ninth grade and we'd walk into a university engineering department and they're like, we got 3D printers. He's like, yeah, so do I, mm. right? Because w- we could move faster than the university. Yeah. He's looking at the stuff they're playing with. He's like, really? Like yeah. we're over here. Like if you get out into the real world, who cares when World War I started and end and the reason for it I can Google that. Now the question is, is can I discern from my Google what's relevant, what's not relevant, what's important, how does it apply today? That's critical thinking. We're not teaching critical thinking. We're teaching how to regurgitate facts, which like Google solved that. We need to move on. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to get off on a tangent if I think it's so interesting. And there's probably as listened to this, I wonder what's the AI generator that can help me make a budget. Also, you know, well, you can. Yeah, you, you probably
1: can. can find. You can probably find something that actually there's there are more and more tools coming out, but it'll look at your past spending. Hmm. You can get tools that will look at your past spending, show you where your money's going, and then at that point, it's not about a budget because budgets like diets suck, right? Yeah, you should know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I do know that. <laughs> right. So all I want you to do is look at where your money's going and ask yourself do you like where your money's going yes or no and if you don't like it stop sending it there and sending it to where you like it
0: i agree i love it rocky thank you for coming on and we're up against it but i appreciate you spending time with us today man there's so much on in the last you know 40 or so minutes that you've shared that i think is going to if guys just stop and implement like a couple of the tips or think about some of the points that you've brought up it can transform really the the trajectory in their home when it comes to money and money mindset. So I appreciate you.
1: That is our hope that they will go and do that.
0: All right. Rocky, uh, what is one area right now as a dad or as a husband that maybe you're excited about growing in? You mentioned, you know, at a stage of life. Now you're empty nesters.
1: We are honestly, I'm spending a lot more time, I think in in the area of spirituality mm. and just understanding how we as humans behave and understanding how i behave and what's really important you know as you get older you start to see mortality yes now what's the meaning of life so that's a big part of i think where i'm going these days yeah
0: cool rocky if somebody wants to connect with you learn more about what you're doing where can they find you
1: track you down or connect with you so before you all do that would you all do me a favor If you like this show, would you like hit like on the the podcast, (laughs) whatever you're listening, leave a review, share it with a buddy, like say, hey, this was a really cool show. Cam's doing wonderful stuff. You should you should listen to this and let's go have a beer and talk about it. So do that. After that, you want to come find me. Um, I have two podcasts, one where we talk about life like these different areas. We Mm -hmm. talk about raising kids Building Well, Living the Ultimate Life. That one's called Richer Soul. And then for those of you who are business owners, we teach all the business finance on Profit Answer Man. So either of those places you can find me.
0: Excellent. Rocky, thank you. Appreciate you, brother. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.